Hello and welcome to our latest episode of the Talk That Talk show. Uh, <laughs> it seems crazy to believe, but we are already four episodes in. Um, you know, I'd like to welcome our new subscribers. I would like to welcome all of our new viewers to our Facebook stream, to our Instagram. Um, we actually are streaming on all platforms here. Um, we're on iTunes now. We're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, and, you know, we just keep going um, day by day, um, week by week. We're just trying to get better with each podcast, with each episode. Um, I've, I've really been excited because um, I've been hosting this show through Buzzsprout, and one of the cool things that they do is they give you metrics as far as, and, and really critical data to really help me see how far my audience is uh, being reached. And one of the things that I was really excited about and really happy to see was the fact, and I was surprised that 16% of my viewers are coming from China. So what I wanna do is I wanna shout out to all those you know people in China that are listening because I see you and I thank you for uh, watching and listening. Um, as far as on iTunes, we have a 13 ratings on the site and, and we're all at five stars. So, you know, the audience is out there, you're speaking and you're telling me that you're liking what I'm doing. So all I can do is just continue to be consistent and give you, give you all my opinion because, you know, there's a lot of things that go on in sports each and every day. And, you know, the one thing that I love about sports is that it's ever changing by the day. So, you know, you may think you have a beat on something, but then, you know, something crazy just comes out of nowhere and just, you know, knocks you right off. Um, <laughs> we're going to get into the NCAA tournament, you know, a little bit later in our show. But, you know, the, the real thing that is really exciting is this time there's a lot of different things that we can watch. There's a lot of different things that we can cover. And, you know, just this is really the best time as a sports fan to just be out here and just watching. And being a witness to all the greatness that we are going to see in the upcoming months. So uh, we got baseball season coming up. Um, you know, the Japan series started. So, you know, it's been really exciting to, you know, to see baseball on its rise coming into the next season. And, you know, just seeing how these NBA playoffs are going to shake out. So, you know, we really have some great things to look forward to in these upcoming weeks and months. So, you know, I'm going to stay consistent in giving you all this show every Tuesday, 7 p.m. We'll be streaming on Facebook Live, and everything will get uploaded to uh, Buzzsprout. And then it'll go to you out on iTunes, you know, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. So, you know, I'm going to be consistent in giving you all this content. So just please be consistent and listening to me every week. And if you can, please hit that subscribe button, okay? Please leave a rating. I've had a lot of people that have been telling me they really enjoy the show. And if you really do, please leave a review on iTunes. Please hit that subscribe button because we're only going to get better each and every episode. So thank you very much to everybody that's out there listening. And you know we're going to jump right in. So um, for those people that can't really see me, um, I was super elated. And it really made me wear my Jacob deGrom shirt today because of the fact that the Mets finally spent the money in the right place. I mean, you know, all off season, all we were talking about, all we could hear is 
Will DeGrom sign? Will he resign? Will they be able to work out a deal? Um, I remember it when I, me and my father were watching a spring training game, you know, they were interviewing him in the dugout, not about the game, but about his unhappiness as far as his contract situation. And, you know, I've said this before on some of my shows, but it's extremely difficult to go out and be your best every single day when you're in a situation that you're not happy with. Um, you know, work is a place that we spend a lot of our time when we're not with our family members, when we're not, you know, involved in our personal life. So for you to be as happy as you can be in that work environment, that that's how you are able to produce. And, you know, Jacob deGrom, you know, he, he really got his money here. He got a five-year deal, $137.5 million extension. And I tell you right now, he's worth more money. If I if I were the Mets, I, I would have given him more money. So they got a bargain for getting this guy for $137.5 million. I mean, this guy was the 2014 Rookie of the Year. And then just last year, he wins the Cy Young. Um, he is an incredible pitcher. And, you know, as a true Mets fan, it's been a joy to watch him grow as a pitcher and really, you know, have command of his fastball and, and really fool guys. Um, I, I, I tell you what, it, it's very important when you're a major league team and it's hard to really sustain success because you're only going to go as far as your pitching goes. And if you look at our Mets team that had that great run, it was because we had all that great pitching that was backing us, you know? We had Noah Syndergaard. At the time, we had Bartolo Colon, who was going long into games. Um, we had Jacob deGrom, Noah Syndergaard, Bartolo Colon, and, you know, Zach Wheeler was a part of that for a little bit, but, you know, he was injured. And the main thing is we had a bunch of guys, also Steven Matz, but we had a rotation of five guys that could go out there and give you six innings, give you a quality start. Um, and Jacob deGrom is somebody that rose from a, a, maybe a number three, four starter in that rotation to now being your number one ace. And it's really important that the Mets got him that money because this guy is, you know how we talk about generational talents, but, you know, Jacob deGrom is a guy that's going to go out there and give you a quality start every single time he's out there. He's going to bat, and that's the one thing that people, you know, kind of underestimate here with Jacob deGrom. It's tough in the major leagues to get a hit. Let's be completely honest with that. Some of your best guys are 300 hitters. And for Jacob DeGrom to go out there and, and for him to be a pitcher, you know, he batted 217 last year. And I know that that's a very low number, but you have to think as far as pitching wise. And this dude has really went out there and given the Mets quality at bats when he comes out there, you know, and that's something that you cannot take lightly. Um, there's been plenty of times where he's had over 10 hits you know, um, every single season almost, and he's had less than 20 strikeouts. And, and, and that's important for me, for a pitcher that's hitting, and especially in the National League, because, you know, what you see now is some teams are batting the pitcher in the eight hole and trying to start another hitter at the nine. 
And when you have Jacob DeGrom out there, you know, you, you could potentially do that because he's such a, a great hitter and he, he makes good contact. And, you know, the main thing for Jacob DeGrom, you know, he has a career 55 and 41 record. And here's the most impressive thing. You know, he has a 2.67 ERA. And, and that's not something that's easy to do, ladies and gentlemen. Um, last year, his ERA was 1.7, <laughs> and his record was 10 and 9. If the Mets could have at least scored, I don't know how many runs, maybe two or three more runs in a lot of those games, he would have been easily a 20, 25 plus game winner. So this is huge for the Mets to re-sign this guy because I could I would have hated, I would have hated to see Jacob DeGrom in some Yankee pinstripes. You know, so it's glad that we kept him on the seven line. And, you know, for the Mets, they need to make sure that they can get this guy some run support. Okay. If if Jacob DeGrom has a thousand strikeouts in his career in five years, this guy's averaging 200 strikeouts. <laughs> I mean, you got to make sure that you sign this guy and get him some run support. Okay. I know they got Robinson Cano. I know they got Wilson Ramos, you know, a good catcher, nice replacement for Travis Darno. But, you know, these guys, you know, they need to step up and get some hits in clutch situations, okay? Ahmed Rosario, I need you to get contact when there's a runner on second and we need that run, okay? We need to move that runner over, you know? I, I, I know we, you know, got rid of Jay Bruce, but a lot of these young guys on the Mets are going to be put in position to produce early. And what they are going to have is Jacob DeGrom every five games that's going to come out there and give them a quality start. So now it's on the Mets to do what they need to do batting-wise so that they can get some wins and get out of the basement of the NL East. It wasn't so long ago that we were in the World Series. So, you know, I think Jacob DeGrom can take us there, but we got to give him some run support, all right? And, you know, speaking of people that got their money, you know, we're going to move on to some people that are actually stepping away from the money. Um, I don't know if some of you all knew this, but um, Rob Gronkowski actually announced his uh, he announced his retirement on Instagram in a very heartfelt post. Um, I, I definitely tell you guys to to read that if you can. But um, the, the NFL is going to really lose a very physical player, um, and a very exciting personality to the to the league. Um, on, on his career, he had 521 receptions for 7,861 yards, 79 touchdowns. And, you know, out of all those, you know, nine years that he's played, he's had four 1,000-yard seasons, three Super Bowls. I, 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 you know, you really just got to take your hat off to Rob Gronkowski for such an excellent career. Um, you know, when I was growing up, a lot of the times we talked about Tony Gonzalez as being that best tight end. And, you know, you're not too far out if you want to throw Rob Gronkowski in that category now. Because, you know, if you look at his numbers and what he was able to do in, a, in his nine-year career, I mean, he really redefined the tight end position. I mean, think about how many teams he gave nightmares to when you think that you have that, you know, third down stop 
and Rob Gronkowski gets past your your mid-level, and now he's running for 17 yards, and now they're in scoring position. So Rob Gronkowski's made that those type of plays all throughout his career, and you know he's shown up in big games. You know that's not you know it's very one of those things that when you have you know quality guys, sometimes their stigma is the fact that they don't show up or the lights are too bright for them. But I will tell you that the lights have never been too bright for Rob Gronkowski, and Tom Brady really needs to be buying this guy breakfast for the rest of his life. Because without Rob Gronkowski, he wouldn't have got all those championships that he has. Um, the one knock on Rob Gronkowski has been the fact that he hasn't, you know, he usually tends to have that little nagging injury or something that doesn't allow him to play a full season. Um, he hasn't played 16 games in a season since 2011, and that was his second year. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, when I've looked here, you know, when people retire, they talk about, are they going to come back? I think this makes, you know, perfect sense for, for Rob to leave now because, you know, few people really get to leave out on top. I mean, just ask Carmelo Anthony. Uh, you know, he didn't give it up when he was supposed to. And now you're talking about a guy who maybe, you know, affected his legacy going forward. So Can he come back at the end of the season? Uh, I mean, you know, could Rob Gronkowski come back at the end of the season? Um, that would be such a Patriot thing to do. And, you know, I wouldn't put it past him. But, you know, as of right now, for a guy that hasn't played 16 games in two, since 2011, I think he's making the right decision to go out on top. You know, you see too many guys that, you know, get injured, um, you know, get sustained too many hits. You know, football is a very violent sport. So for him to, you know, leave the game before – being, you know, 30 years old, um, for him to have his health, you know, a sound mind and a sound body. Um, I think Rob Gronkowski is, you know, making the mature decision, you know, making the adult decision. Um, and now when you think about it too, he he's going to really sustain and he's really going to put and etch his name in one of the greats. And I, I can bet my dollar on it that he will be a Hall of Famer. Um, speaking of people that retired, you know, we're going to switch a little bit from NFL, but, you know, we got to switch over to MMA because, you know, Conor McGregor, I, I, I couldn't believe this when I saw this. I was actually, I think I was on the train. I was on the, the G train heading to work. And, you know, I read that, you know, Conor McGregor said that he is going to retire. And, you know, I have to say that as a fan of sports, I'm very disappointed in this because of the fact that, you know, Conor McGregor, he had a 21 and four MMA record. Um, he's 0-1 in his boxing. We know about Floyd Mayweather. But, you know, out of his MMA career, 18 of his 21 wins were by knockout. And, you know, he defeated Jose Aldo in 2015 in literally 13 seconds. I mean, that's the fastest in, you know, title history in UFC. Um, he held two weight class belts. I think that happened in the Garden. So shout out to the Garden for that. But, um, you know, you're talking about a guy who had who headlined, not just was in, but he headlined four of the six highest selling UFC fights. So UFC is losing a big, big personality by uh, Conor McGregor retiring. Um, I mean, his fight with Conor, I mean, his fight with uh, Khabib, uh, it sold two point four million pay-per-view views, man. Um, that that's incredible. 
And, you know, for a sport that I've literally seen grow since, you know, the YouTube days of Kimbo Slice, <laughs> you know, I know for some people, maybe they know that, but, um, you know, UFC has come a long way and Conor McGregor is a huge reason for that. You know, he's made, he's really brought the personality. I mean, sometimes when I watch these UFC fights, I barely know who's fighting, but I tell you what, almost everybody in the world knows who Conor McGregor is. And, you know, you cannot put a price tag or a price value on what that does. You can pay him for a fight, but you can't pay him for the impact that he has put on UFC. And, and they're definitely losing a, a huge, huge fighter in Conor McGregor. Um, I mean, when we talk about Rob Gronkowski going on top, we have a little bit of a different thing here with McGregor kind of leaving with a little bit left on the table. Um, some think that he has a little bit more to prove, but, um, you know, other people actually, I don't know if we saw this, but some sexual assault allegations, um, arose from him in Ireland. So, um, one of the things that I worry about with Conor McGregor is just the fact that I hope that, you know, when he leaves UFC and when he retires, that he's able to do what Kobe did and find other ways to keep him competitive. Because one of the things that we've seen is with Conor McGregor, when he's not fighting, he's getting himself into trouble, okay? And one of the things that we need for him to do is just stay out of trouble, Conor. You know, I know you like being the head, you know, headlines and being that big personality, but at some point he's going to have to understand his worth and know that he has to, you know, treat himself with a little bit more respect and be able to be that, you know, leader and be that person that can just, you know, carry on without having to fight. So if he's going to fight, I mean, if he's going to leave fighting for the right reasons, I'm all for that. You know, he's he's only 30 years old, so that's good. He'll still, like I said, have a sound mind, sound body. But I just don't want Conor to get into, into trouble because it's really going to tarnish his legacy, you know, even more than, you know, what he's already done with, you know, the fights with Khabib, you know, the loss to, you know, um, Floyd Mayweather. So I, I wish Conor McGregor all the, the best. I, I, I wish Rob Gronkowski all the best. But, you know, we are going to miss – we're missing two great athletes that gave a lot – of great um, sporting events to us. So shout out to them and I wish them all the best, but <laughs> it, it's so funny that we talk about people that are retiring because now I want to get into someone that is still out there. And I want to talk about a team that is the real deal. My right hand man, Jeffrey Farrell. I got to shout him out for this one. Um, on my last three episodes, he's been telling me I haven't been giving any love to the nets. So here you go, Jeff. This is for you, all right? The Nets have a 38-37 and 37 record, and they've won their last two of their last three games. They beat the Kings. They beat the Lakers. They just lost to the Blazers. But I do not doubt that this team is going to be into the playoffs. If you get a chance to watch the Brooklyn Nets, please, please watch them play because they are a blue-collar team that is exciting to watch. All right, they're a seven. I think they're a seven seed right now. They're tied for a six seed with Detroit. They got a one game lead over Miami for that last spot. Um, but you know, I think it's very, very crucial for the Nets if they want to go on further than the first round. They really need to make sure that they secure that six seed. Okay, and I don't know if you get a chance to, but if you do, 
Thursday, please watch that game against the Sixers. Because I tell you what, that is going to be a playoff matchup if the Sixers wind up staying with that three seed. And if the Nets can edge out, you know, the Pistons to get that six seed, then that's who they're going to have to face. And, you know, Thursday is going to be a real test for Brooklyn to see, you know, can they beat their potential playoff opponent? You know, and one of the things that's going to, you know, make them take that hump is Russell, D'Angelo Russell. And uh, he needs to he really needs to win that most improved player award. And I actually had a conversation with some of my friends and they think I'm a little crazy, but I think he should be considered a little bit for the MVP candidate. At least at least make him a candidate. Because I, I don't know one player that means more to his team than <laughs> D'Angelo Russell. I mean, if you look at uh, Paul George, who everybody says is supposed to be, you know, the MVP, last year they were a playoff team, okay? They were a playoff team. They got outs, but they're a playoff team this year. You're talking about a Nets team that was almost just as much of a laughing stock as the Knicks. And they had a 28 and 54 record. And now they have a 38 wins. That's a 10 win increase. And you're in playoff contention. I mean, D'Angelo Russell is leading his team in three different categories. He's averaging 20.9 points per game. He's averaging seven assists. And 1.2 steals. So he's not even taking a break on defense. He's giving you offense, and he's giving you a defense, and he's a first-time All-Star. I mean, this guy has really came to ball, and, you know, his that change of scenery from L.A. was huge for D'Angelo Russell. It was huge because he has now went from, you know, a player that, you know, might have taken some D-League time. They might have, you know, traded away, could have bounced around the league. And he has really, you know, found his niche on the East with Brooklyn. And now he's made them, you know, a playoff team. You know, Jeffrey jokes with me when he says that, you know, Brooklyn is New York's team. And I deny it every time. But it's hard, it's hard to, you know, to, to fight with them because, you know, the Nets are playing quality basketball. They're beating quality teams. And they have clutch players. And they have that type of next man up attitude to where even when Karis LeVert went down, you know, they just plug and play different people in and we're still able to keep, you know, pace to, to make a playoff push. So, you know, a lot of people are doubting the Nets, but you really, really need to to really give them their respect because right now, as, as, as much as I hate to say it, they're New York's team right now. So I'm going to be rooting for them because of my best friend, Jeff. I'm going to be rooting for him. I'm a New York, you know, I love New York. Uh, I'm a New Yorker, you know, till I die. I'm, even though I live in Jersey, I rep New York hard. So, you know, I, I'm going to be rooting for them, you know, in the playoffs. But just make sure they get that six seed. Because if they have to play Toronto or Milwaukee, it's gonna, it might be a sweep. I know, Jeff. I know you're going to be mad, but it might be a sweep. Um, you know, for our last, you know, bit, um, I really want to talk a little bit about this NCAA tournament. Um, I'm lucky enough to still have my Final Four solid. Um, I have Duke in my Final Four. <laughs> if you watch that Duke game, that was one for the ages. Um, UCF, uh, shout out to Taco Fall. I mean, him and Dawkins, you know, Johnny Dawkins' son, they, they, they played their hearts out, and they deserved to win that game. But, you know, that's the thing about March Madness, and uh, you just never know how the, the ball's going to bounce. Um you know, especially on the rim, especially on the rim that I mean, that tip was halfway down. Oh, man, that would have shaken up so many brackets. Um, I still have Gonzaga winning it. 
Um, I have Tennessee and I have Houston. Um, there's one person, there's only one perfect bracket left, and that guy has Gonzaga. So I, I have to say, I, I think I think I got a good chance here with Gonzaga. Um, one of the matchups that I'm really highlighting here, one of the things that I would really like to see and I'm really looking forward to is that Oregon-Virginia matchup. Now, Oregon, they took out Wisconsin. I mean, no, my fault. They t- yeah, they, they did. They took out Wisconsin. They took out UC Irvine. And now they found themselves in the Sweet 16 after last year. They, went, they weren't even in the big dance. And if you watch that team play with Paul Pritchard and Kenny Wooten, you know, he's dunking all over the place. He's swatting people's stuff into the next row. I mean, you got a quality team in Oregon that if you listen to my last show, I have three check marks for what for a team that I think is going to go far. Do you play defense? Do you rebound the ball? And do you have great guard play? And I think, you know, Oregon, you know, they 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 check mark all those three categories. So, you know, I think that Virginia has a, a tough road ahead of them because, you know, Oregon is coming. And if they make it to the Elite Eight, and, you know, maybe Tennessee is able to edge out Purdue. I still think Oregon has a good matchup. And they can very well find themselves in the Final Four. And I know that's something that nobody had. So I know looking forward that nobody wants to play this Oregon team. Um, another matchup that's going to be good that I really like here is that Texas Tech-Michigan game. Okay? Texas Tech is a very, I think they're one of the best defensive teams in the country. And you have Michigan that really wants to run the ball. And that's going to be a a battle of the Titans because when you look at those two types of matchups, you got to see which one is going to win, okay? Is it going to be that team that can slow down the pace and, you know, get to play, you know, their style of basketball and work the ball around? Or are you going to have the team that likes to run the ball fast and, you know, turn you over and run you up and down the court? Which pace wins? And I think this game with Texas Tech-Michigan is a, is, a, is a real test of that. So if you get a chance, please check out that game for sure. Um, the one that I need for my bracket, because, you know, I'm sitting in, I think, 14th out of 28th is very embarrassing. But <laughs> I still got a chance. I still got a chance. And one of the games that I have that I really need is this Houston-Kentucky game. And I have Houston over Kentucky because, ah, man, Houston is a well-rounded team. And when you win 30 games in a season, that that is very hard to do. And it's not something that you can take lightly. So for Kentucky, you know, they're a team that, you know, they got their reality check earlier in the season and they're starting to hit, you know, their, their end-of-season form. And I think it's important for Houston to make sure that they don't turn the ball over and they give themselves the and they will give themselves the best opportunity to win. Because, you know, the guards that they have out there and with the defense that they play, I think that Houston can really steal one away from uh, Kentucky here. So, you know, please quote me on that. I think Houston is going to take out Kentucky. And, you know, it, we got to, you know, besides those three games that I mentioned, I mean, we got a lot more to look forward to. Um, you know, we, we really have been blessed to have, uh, an extremely exciting tournament. We've already talked about how the bid major and, you know, major gap is shrinking. So these games have been very exciting. And, you know, for all those people that have brackets out there, as long as you can have your final four that is still intact, 
you will always have a chance to place and get some money, okay? On this date, on, in 1979, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird had their most historic matchup in the national championship game for Michigan State versus Indiana State. Magic wound up pulling that out and getting the win. And, you know, Michigan State faces LSU in the Sweet 16 matchup. I have LSU winning, but what I will say is that if Michigan State can play their game and feed the inside post, they more than likely will win this game and, and get their test against Duke if Duke's able to edge it out against Virginia Tech. And I think, you know, that's the game that a lot of people want to see is that Duke versus Michigan State game. So let, let's let uh, see how this, you know, bracket unfolds. Let's see how the rest of the tournament is going to, you know, play out. And if you get a chance... Please check out these Sweet 16 games because they are going to be very exciting. Talk that talk. Man, I tell you what, like this this is this show has just been really fun to be a part of. You know, it's another thing that I get to bond with with my father. We we bowl two nights a week and you know, the the support that I've got with creating this show and you know, just showing people my personality and you know, my sports opinions. It's just been really exciting, and to think that the you know the time has just flown by, and we're already here at the end of the show. Um, I'm just really having fun out here, and I hope that you know all the people out there that are watching on Facebook Live, and all the people that are going to listen on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. I just hope you have fun listening to my show, and if you can get any tips for some of your brackets, or if I can make you understand a little bit about the sports that are you know happening then, you know, I'm just really happy to do that for y'all. So thank you so much for listening. I want to, you know, thank all of our new viewers out there. I want to thank out all of our people that are watching on Facebook Live. Um, You know, we're going to shout out Antoine. Thank you for listening and thank you for watching. I want to give a special shout out to my boy Emrose. It's his birthday today and a huge, huge Knicks fan. So happy birthday, Emrose. Thank you for listening. Um, I want to thank our sponsors at Executive Bar and Restaurant, located on 30 Menu Street in Carteret, New Jersey. If you like LITs, I'll make you a nice one. I bartend there sometimes and do private catering there, and I tell you, their food is to die for. So please go out there and get some of that. Um, I want to you know, send another shout-out to VW Liquors. Located in Wick Plaza off Route 1 in Edison, New Jersey. Shout out to Dave. Let's go Mets! Let's go Mets! We always do that for Dave at the end of the show. So thank you, Dave. And then also we want to shout out my boy Cody Bromley and 91s.com. Okay, he's got his own clothing line. And one of the things that we love about on Talk That Talk show is people that do it what it is that they say they're going to do. All right. And Cody's out there, started his own brand. He's got his own online site. He's got his own, you know, people that's working with. He's managing his own team. So please go and support, you know, these local businesses out there and people that are going out and making a difference and just chasing their dreams because that's what I'm all about. You know, life is very hard and there's a lot of times that we have some disappointments. I just found out that I didn't get a job that I was, you know, really excited for. But that's not going to stop me. You know, I'm just going to keep going. I have a lot of things that I'm working on. I have a lot of people that depend on me. And I just got to keep going. Um, even though it's hard, you just got to really think about why it is that you, you're doing what you're doing. 
And you also gotta, you know, just remember there's people that depend on you and there's people that, you know, rely on you to do the things that you are responsible for. And my responsibility is giving you the Talk That Talk show every Tuesday at 7 p.m. So please tune in. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I'll be back next week.